Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Now we're going to talk about how do you solve problems How can you take complex decisions and make them with confidence and conviction? My guest is Cheryl Strauss-Einhorn. She's an award-winning investigative journalist. She covers business, economic, and financial news for publications including Barron's, ProPublica, Foreign Policy, and the New York Times. She's the founder of CSE Consulting, a strategic consulting practice. She applies her AREA method, A-R-E-A method, initially developed to promote better decision-making in her journalism work, and now she helps it toward the success of businesses and individuals. Cheryl is a Columbia University adjunct professor, and she teaches her AREA method at Columbia Business School, and also she taught at the Graduate School of Journalism, and you can log on to AREA method, A-R-E-A method.com. Her brand new book, is Problem Solved, a powerful system for making complex decisions with confidence and conviction. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you so much to be here. Uh, Why is decision-making so important? Well, there's nothing that we do with greater frequency or that has higher stakes than make choices. Yet somehow, we don't teach decision-making formally in our schools or in our homes. But if we could ever truly master decision-making, we could all lead more meaningful lives and better achieve our goals. Mm, Yeah. And why do you think uh, it's so difficult? I mean, I know that you created this area method to help people. So let's talk about how you created it as a way to help people make decisions better. Well, you know, I originally began thinking about this during the decade that I wrote for the business magazine, Barron's. And there I really ended up specializing in what you might call the bearish company story. Those are the stories that take a skeptical look at a company's finances or at its strategy. And when the stories came out, oftentimes there'd be a really large share price reaction. One time a CEO ended up getting sent to jail for 10 years or a stock exchange had halted the shares of one of the companies that I wrote about, or other types of big impact. And, you know, what I realized is that these stories didn't just have a big impact on somebody's investment portfolio. It had a big impact on somebody's retirement account, or if you worked Mm -hmm. at that company as an employee, or if you were a customer of the company's products or services. And so I really started thinking about how could I have greater confidence and conviction in my own decision-making, and how could I also better understand the incentives and the motives of the sources who gave me stories. And Mm -hmm. I realized that as sort of a middle, middle middle-class kid from outside of Boston, that I only know what I know. And so I became concerned myself as literature came out saying that we all are flawed thinkers, that I potentially could also be inserting my own biases, assumptions, and judgments Mm, into my work. And so when I desired to do a better job, a more ethical job at Barron's, I really started to think about how is it that we could not only confront, but maybe counteract these biases that we all have. 
And so I think that one of the main tenets is not only to be able to stop our assumptions, judgments, and biases, but also to better spot the incentives and motivations of the other stakeholders involved in our decisions Mm -hmm. so that we're truly solving our problems more holistically. And we're doing it in a way that strengthens our relationships and our community. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's look at the method then. Walk us through those basic steps of the area method to help us be more objective, if you will, and as you said, understand the stakeholders' point of view as well. What are some of the steps? So AREA is an acronym for the steps of my perspective-taking process. And the reason why the process uses perspective-taking is that it gives you a beautiful two-for-one. By pushing you out of your own perspective into the perspective of other sources of information, not only are you able to better spot their incentives and motives, but you also gain distance on your own assumptions and judgments. So the first A in area is absolute information from close up on the target of your decision. It's primary source information. The R relative, think of it as the next concentric circle of information. It is secondary or tertiary sources, sources that are somehow connected to the target of your decision. The area E actually stands for exploration and exploitation. I call these two steps the twin engines of creativity. Exploration Mm -hmm. is about getting beyond document-based sources to identify the right people to talk to and asking them the right questions. And then area exploitation is about deepening your understanding of your evidence against your assumptions. So it turns its lens inward on you as a decision maker. And then the final A analysis cobbles the whole process back together to help you come to conviction on your decision. Hmm. Why do you think the process is so important and what kind of results have you seen with this when you use it with clients? Well, at the heart of the area process of perspective taking, it's meant to really help you check your ego, to better judge the intentions of others, and to really explore a situation more objectively so that we can solve our problems holistically, as I was saying. And in so doing, it really builds both self-awareness and empathy. And as it becomes second nature, it can really be part of the frame that you bring to the world around you. So it can really allow you to live your life more mindfully and enable you to take advantage of your ideas. The idea is really with the right framework, the right approach to decision-making, the right process, you can really turn good ideas into great solutions. In terms of evidence... I recently completed a beta test of a randomized control trial where I recruited people from around the world through Twitter and my website and talks that I was giving and asked them if they would enroll in a study where they could choose any decision that would benefit from research and a process and commit to being in the study for three months, during which time they would receive directions at periodic times and then have to fill out questionnaires and submit a journal that they kept about their decision and their decision-making process. And what I found was that almost no matter the type of decision that somebody enrolled in the study in, so, you know, some people were out of work and they were trying to decide what to do next. One person had a very personal decision to make, which 
is that he and his wife have a needs-based child who had been forced to leave school because mm. the child needed so much assistance. And they were grappling with, what are we going to do about an education for our child? Mm. And could we re-enter some kind of a formal education system? Another person was trying to decide you know, whether or not she should pick up and move out of the country. So it didn't really matter what their decision was. Those people who used the methodology reported that not only did they gain confidence and conviction in their ability to solve complex problems, but there was a very unintended and wonderful outcome, which is that they said that it had tremendous spillover effects into other parts of their lives. They now had a language to use where they could build a common understanding around problem solving with their spouse or their colleagues, and they found that they had a much easier time being able to solve complex problems in other facets of their life. So I was really excited about this, and In a couple months, what I'm hoping to do is to be able to not only write up the results of this beta test, but then to launch a much bigger study that Mm -hmm. invites people to benefit from what I learned in the first randomized control trial. Yeah, that's very interesting. So my question is, we have four minutes to break, so I think we can do this. Could you take us through maybe a small decision, something small? Could you take us through that like, what would you do? What would be the A-E-A-R-E-A and how you came to that? I think it would be really great Absolutely. for the listeners. You know, I, sure. think, I think a perfect example for this time of year, Patricia, is that the high school seniors have just received their acceptances to college. And a lot of them have a big decision to make, which is which college is going to be right for me, right? They have to commit in these next couple of weeks. So in my book, Problem Solved, I talk about young Micah, who is making a decision between two acceptances, Johns Hopkins and um, the University of Pittsburgh. These are very different schools. Micah is interested in being a doctor, and although his parents, he's very fortunate as an only child, his parents have said that it does not have to be defined by how much financial aid he gets, which is often the determining factor for many families. His parents asked him if he would go through the process because it is not only a large economic decision, it's a huge decision for his future. Now, initially, Micah had thought that he would be very interested in Hopkins, especially because of its reputation as a place that has a wonderful medical school. So in Area A, his targets were both the two universities, University of Pittsburgh and Hopkins. Sometimes you'll have a binary decision, but many times your absolute targets could be whatever is included in your opportunity set. So if you're thinking about expanding your business, for example, it might be the couple different ways that you might expand that business. So we'll use the term target, but in this case there were two for Micah, those two universities. So in Area A, he started close up on the target, and instead of doing just a general Internet search where the search filter will give you answers that other people have gotten, and therefore you would get biased answers, he went right to the target website. 
So to Johns Hopkins' website and to Pitt's website, and there he immediately went to the fact book where each of the colleges list information. And there he was able to get information about, you know, teacher-student ratio, and he was able to get an idea about how many people might be in a classroom. But he immediately noticed that the narratives of the two websites were very different. Hopkins really talked about its august history, how many Nobel Prize winners did they have at the university, whereas Pitt's website and Factbook were very workaday. How much research money does the school receive? Where do they receive the money from? What types of extracurricular activities are there? So one really said, come be a participant in this terrific history that we have, and another one really showcased what is the modern-day current university look like. In area relative, the next step, he then looked at, well, what did secondary or tertiary sources have to say? What happened when he went on Rate My Professor about what people said about the professors at each school? What happened when he looked at the USA Today rankings of the two schools, and there he noticed something very interesting. While the two universities were both in the top 100 with Pitt rated much higher than, I'm sorry, Hopkins rated much higher than Pitt, when he looked at the two medical schools, they were both number one in their area. And this was something he hadn't thought about. He obviously knew that Hopkins had a wonderful medical school, but he wasn't familiar with Pitts at all, and this began to change his perception of Pitt. In area exploration, he got beyond the document-based sources to reach out to current students and former students at both of the schools. What were their experiences? What was it like to go through the difficult pre-med courses? And what he found in this area actually drove him back into earlier research because the students at both schools said that the undergraduate pre-med advisory office turned out to be very important in whether or not they were able to get through the rigorous pre-med requirements. Mm. And at Pitt, they talked about how easy it was and participatory and useful that office was. And at Hopkins, they talked about how that office was swamped and how Mm -hmm. it was so difficult Mm -hmm. to get any assistance. Mm -hmm. Now, this was just his experience at a moment in time. A different person may end up having an entirely different experience, right? Right. But this made him, therefore, sort of change some of the focus of his research for his decision to really better focus on the pre-med advising office. Mm -hmm. In area exploitation, he lined up his evidence against his assumptions about the two schools. And what he realized was that he hadn't even framed the problem correctly. He wasn't Mm -hmm. really solving for which college to go to. His question was actually which school would better enable him to fulfill his dream to become a doctor and Mm -hmm. to go to medical school. Yeah, that's and excellent. that was a game excellent. changer for him. And, yeah, you know, had yeah. he not been going through these steps and then really looking at himself as a decision maker to look at his assumptions, he probably wouldn't have realized that. Mm-hmm. So All that right. again gonna, made him... That's a great example. We're going to take a break. We've gone over, but okay. I really wanted you to explain this amazing process. When we come back, we're going to talk to Cheryl Strauss-Einhorn more about her book, Problem Solved, a powerful system for making complex decisions with confidence and conviction. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice will be right back.
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There are so many ways to get your message out into the world. Why wouldn't you use as many media outlets as possible to promote your book, your business, or your brand? So how will you do it? Where will you start? I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gisbiscio. Join us every week on Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. We'll show you how to get the media attention you and your brand deserve. Listen every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Voice America Variety. In fitness and health, we all deserve a second chance. Join host Michael Skog for the program, You Only Stronger. You always have the ability to start fresh, even if you slip up on your diet or fitness program. Even small steps taken throughout the day can help. Each show will conclude with weekly assignments that you can use and we'll want to hear your feedback. You Only Stronger airs live Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show Hey everyone, we are back and we are talking to Cheryl Strauss-Einhorn about her brand new book called Problem Solved, a powerful decision, a powerful system for making complex decisions with confidence and conviction. Cheryl Einhorn is an award-winning investigative journalist. She covers business, economics, and financial news for many publications, including Barron's, ProPublica, Foreign Policy, and the New York Times. And she's the founder of CSE Consulting, It's a strategic consulting practice, and she applies her area method, A-R-E-A, to help people and companies promote better decision-making. And she's had many, um, many testimonials on her book, and her book was also acclaimed by the former UK Prime Minister, Tony Blair. And he says this excellent book shows how the science of decision-making can be applied and therefore the outcome made better. In a world of of complexity as today's world is. This is a pretty useful guide. Terrific. How did that happen? What a wonderful testimonial. Thank you. I'm so fortunate that um, that he wrote me something so terrific. I've done some work with him over the years on on speeches and, and on some work that he had. And, um, and one day when I was with him, he said, well, what's new with you? But we usually talk about him. 
so. I had told him that I just recently finished a manuscript on a book, and when he asked me, what is it about? I said, complex decision-making, and we had a good laugh because he said, I know a thing or two about it. Why don't you send it to me? And, um, and then he offered to write the forward to the book, and he wrote this beautiful forward, and, um, and so that was what you were just quoting from. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Very exciting. We were talking about, before the break, about the area method, and you were telling us a story. And what I kind of, my capsule of the story was about this, this young man's decision for which college he wanted to go to, was that what the method did is it helped him to figure out what he really wanted, not just about the school. He got a little bit focused on the difference between the schools, but that's not really what he wanted. He wanted to find out how he could best further his career to be a doctor, correct? Right. What he recognized in the exploitation part of the area method was that he wasn't really solving for which college to go to. It was actually more aspirational. It was which college could help him best realize his dream to be a doctor and help him to get into medical school. And so after recognizing that in the exploitation part of the area method, he then was able to go back and to further examine the importance of this pre-med advising office and find out students' experiences with both and also hear from the teachers that teach the pre-med courses about the role that they felt this office played to really assist the students. In the final A analysis of the area method, he was able to look at a pre-mortem, which is an exercise that I have in this final section that basically says, now imagine, before you make the final decision, imagine that the decision has gone wrong and that it fails. And now tell the story of that failure. So the pre-mortem is just like the post-mortem that doctors use, where the joke is everybody benefits but the patient. In the pre-mortem, before you've made the decision, you imagine that the decision has failed, and you actually identify how it could fail so that you then could set up safeguards to prevent that kind of failure. So in Micah's case, he was able to think about, well, what happens after all this if the pre-med office assistance doesn't really come through? Then what do I do? And he was able to set up safeguards so that even before he made his choice and even before he showed up on campus, he had really thought about how to prevent his decision from failing in the way that he had articulated in this exercise. And so, although he had expected to go to Hopkins without having done any research after using the area method, he actually ended up choosing the University of Pittsburgh. Interesting. Wow. Well, we've got two minutes left. So tell us how you would like to, what would you like our, to leave our listeners with today, Cheryl? What's your message? So there's a, couple of, there's a couple of things. The first thing is what I started off with, which is that, you know, researchers tell us that we make about 35,000 decisions in any given day from deciding, you know, what part of the toothpaste tube to squeeze to what we're going to have for lunch. And while most of these decisions are fairly mundane and the outcome isn't that important, our brains have formed these mental shortcuts. 
that sort of tell us what to think and what to do so that we don't have to spend time. Because can you imagine if we were in the supermarket and we didn't know what kind of cereal we liked? We would stand in that aisle and be completely overwhelmed because the average supermarket has over 40,000 items. The problem is that when we're solving for complex problems, Patricia, those mental shortcuts, those well-worn pathways, they limit our ability to see new things. And so what we really need is a way to pry open cognitive space to allow for new information and new insight to take hold. And that is what the Arian Method is meant to do. And so I hope that if you are interested in Problem Solved, that you pick up a copy, that you visit my website, areamethod.com, and that you also feel free to try my free app, on my website that can help you learn about yourself as a decision maker so that you too can make your big decisions better. Thank you so much, Cheryl. It was a delight to have you on and great information. It's wonderful information. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And again, the website is? areamethod.com, A-R-E-A method.com. And I'm Cheryl Einhorn, the author of Problem Solved. Right, absolutely, and you can also uh, get the web-based app on the website, areamethod.com. Stay on the line for a minute, Cheryl. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. And like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Go to my website, patriciaraskin.com. And if you write to me, patricia at patriciaraskin.com, I'll put you on my newsletter list so you can see about all my guests and the things that I'm doing. And we have some fabulous people on this program and others as well. All right, until next week, have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.